The Ealing Cricketer. The Great British Summer. How she waxes and wanes, surprises and sustains. She shines and she rains. Milo Wilkin likes planes. On a day of bright sunshine, horizontal rain and cricket in the dark, there were mixed results for the men's ones, twos and threes. Losing draws for the ones and twos checks their respective league progress, whilst the threes went seven from seven, baby. Eleven clear at the top of the tree. We at Pod Headquarters hear from Jacob O'Sullivan, Bobby Gamble and Stephen Scott reflecting on a busy Saturday of cricket at Corfton Road. And Tammy O'Connell joins us to discuss a Sunday cracker for the ladies. My name is Mungo Russell and I am joined by my younger brother's favourite coach, Lee Deflect. All things well, Lee P? Um, my under-13 team are doing amazing. Um, unfortunately, this weekend we came up against a very strong uh, Watford Grammar side that boasts two minor counties players and three Middlesex players. It was always going to be tough. My boys dug deep. We got bowled out for 77. Uh, they chased it three down with four overs to spare. Sounds like they cruised it. They did, if I'm honest. Yeah, I mean, the sooner we move on uh, about that, uh, about my team this weekend, the better, I think, Mungo. So whenever you're ready, you crack on, buddy. Man, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know about that, actually. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have brought it up, and I didn't. But if I had known, then I wouldn't have brought it up in the future when I would have brought it up if you hadn't brought it up. You know what I mean? Anyway, why don't we start with, why don't we start with the threes? Um, they won their seven from seven. Next, the twos, they had a crouch end away, just as, just as the ones had the week before. And it, it was a weird day, wasn't it, Lee, with the weather? It was a weird day. It was dark. It was dark. Um, I remember, I mean, we did just discuss it because you didn't want to, but I was umpiring um, under 13 game and I rocked up in shorts and a t-shirt and then the heavens opened. I was completely wearing the wrong club. It, it was a strange day, actually. Um, you're right. I've got nothing more to add. The twos, they ended up bowling first and Alex Fell and Chris Glasper reunited at the top of top of the bowling innings for the twos and Felly struck early I think he was going about one and over in his first spell um, but then Cratchen put a little bit of a partnership and it was broken by a young leg spinner Ashvir Pandey he got numbers three four and five out oh. as a young lad going up and playing twos cricket having played a bit of threes last year ending up with three for 43's top draw a lot of young spinners around at the club, Lee P. Excited by that? I'm going I'm to put you under pressure uh, right now, bud. Is it three a time or ask for you? Talk to me. If you're a fantasy goer, player, picker. Look, people know that I'm partial to my three a time. Okay, he got three again this week. It's seven games in a row now he's got three poles. Arguably now, though, you should be asking the question, should he kick on? No, because then Henry Anton would have to change his telephone number name and his phone to something else. Because I know now he's currently changed it to three a time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm going to stick with three a time on my side. Maybe I'm going to double up. Maybe I'm going to double up. Uh, you should double up. I've been talking to you about this for the last two, three weeks with regards to the spin options. And again, did you pick any uh, seamers this weekend, Mungo? Well, I picked myself. How did that go? Ah, oh, Tufa. Tufa and some Pavrash. Isn't that what the people want? No, the, the people want three a time. That's what they want. That's what you, <laughs> that's what you need. That's <laughs> exactly who you want. Shall we get back to the two, shall we? <laughs> Please do. Sorry. Apologies. Apologies. Uh, Crouch ended up getting 209 for nine um, in, in the gloom. It's a small, small ground. Good deck. Feli came back and got another couple late on. In fact, all of his wickets, all bowled. Um, Arjun Tendulkar is back playing for the club. Now, he bowled, bowled first change at the weekend and bowled 12, 12 overs, one for 38. So, given I captained him in fantasy, bringing in another seamer, you know what, Arjun, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask more of you. I'm going to ask why you keep putting seamers in your fantasy when I keep telling you every week not to. Having said that, did you see the uh, funny clip of him breaking a bat? No. Yeah, he, um, I think he bowled towards the, the end. It must have been, I think, about eight, nine or ten. They went on the back foot to defend it and hit the, the top of the splice and, and snap the bat in half. If you get a chance, it's, uh, it's, it's quite a good watch. He, uh, he broke quite nicely, I think. The thing is with, with Arjun is that he's obsessed with hitting people in the face rather than hitting them in the stumps. And I just think yeah. that in the twos, he's going to hit some people in the face and he's not going to bowl enough balls at the wooden ones. That said, he can prove me wrong. He got some runs as well. He, he, I'm pretty sure he was not out. Um, the two scorecard is currently an absolute mess. 
on the MCCR website, so I can't give you more details than that. And unfortunately, should we be blaming Heather for that? Is that Heather? Whose fault? I, I, I want to name and shame. I think we. Can, I think we can. Yeah, I want to name and shame. If, if it is you, Heather, you need to sort it out. It's not good enough. It's ridiculous. Even if it's not Heather, Heather isn't good enough. No, Heather. Does she listen to this? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a proper oh, telling off, actually. Yeah, That's going to be a proper telling off. You've got to see her on the weekend, haven't you? I don't. I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the bat, it was it was struggles struggles for the twos. They were they were seventy eight for six when when the game was called. Uh, it's a losing draw for them. They we 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 thought they were wasted in preseason. Uh, we were we were joking about that. We thought we thought long may the runs continue. It is it doesn't help when you don't have a settled order. Um, and that wasn't helped by the fact that Ahmed was called up to the ones on the morning of the game. I think we spoke about this a few weeks, isn't it? As in the chop and change of the twos every every week. It's got to be no, no excuse because, like I like I said on, on on paper across the board uh, at the club, I think we're very very we're very good um, one twos and um, you know the other team that plays as well. They they the continuity is always going to be difficult. You know, people in, people out, trying to find something. That works is always going to be going to be tough, but you know you've got to rock up at the games and and do your bit and uh, yeah weather and chopping and changing, you know it's it's a bit hard. It's very hard. It is hard. I mean, you would think that, and it has always been the case that when all the sides are strong and all the way down. So let's say that that team that we are we aren't going to talk about this week doing well this year as they are that those guys would go on and kick on in the twos. But Henry Anton, I mean, he, you can be top run, run score in the threes league all you like. If you're averaging one in the twos, are you, are you really helping the club? Let's move on to the ones. Um, on what was a, a day of a, a day of emotional and physical toil. Um, we played lots of good cricket on Saturday. I'm sure everyone will agree with that. We, we weren't at our absolute best, but we were playing the best team in the league we thought in Teddington and, and maybe they are, but they aren't better than us. Um, they might be as good as we are, but on Saturday we deserved to get more than two points. Uh, they, they batted first. Um, they won the toss um, and it was bright sunshine at 10 30. By the time 11 o'clock came round, it was, it was very cold and windy and it was a game in which overs were lost. We, we bowled pretty well. Maybe a couple extra four balls, um, but they got they got two sixty odd and sixty overs, just four and a half and over. Very much in the game we were, and by the time our innings came around, we'd lost Tom Shaw in the warm up. He rolled his ankle, throwing the ball back into the keeper, and we'd lost Robbie Connolly as well, who took a throw from Jacob O'Sullivan on on the thumb and has broken it in two places. I think AJ thinks that's funny. <laughs> AJ, it's actually a very serious matter. He's broken his thumb in two places. He won't play for a few weeks. He, he's our number three, AJ. Jorzy was opening Timing. the batting. It's two of our top three, AJ. Timing in comedy is key. <laughs> <laughs> just just oh, a heads up God. for the listeners, because we'll keep that in. He's currently watching one of his, uh, his programmes. He's obviously found something quite funny. So apologies to, to, to Robbie. It's, it's, that's not funny. It's not funny. It was, yeah, it was fits and starts for us at the top of the order. We then went off for rain. We came back and, and we, we found ourselves 78 for four and staring down the barrel. And then it's that same partnership as last week, Oliver Wilkin and Jacob O'Sullivan. Money. Money at five and six. O's ended 68, not out. Saw a runnable 30. And uh, by the time they took us off at half seven for bad light, we were odds on, massive odds on to get the winning draw. We probably wouldn't need to go about eight and a half, nine and over to get the win from there. If Ollie's in at the end of the game, we win the game. So they have they have to get him out to for us to not win the game. And he was. Do you think? Do you think there's too many rules in cricket? We just don't like time and overs and uh, sometimes you just you know at the end of the game you, you sit in the change room and just go. Do you know what? I'd rather play limited overs cricket. Or is it that long day? You know, 120 overs in a day. The chest like. Uh, cricket that, that that people do enjoy. I, I, sometimes, like a, a day like that, just I just think it annoys me. I think we've had the two polar opposite ends of the spectrum in our first two games. Our first time game against Crouchend was a great, great game with half an hour left, awful results in play. We could have <laughs> lost. I agree, AJ. Actually, yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I agree. I agree. 
I can only I can only apologize. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, Mungo? I was saying that against Crouch End, all four results in play with half an hour left, and it was a proper game and one where we all ended that day assuming that like this is this is a great format whereby you can have great games of cricket and it's different to the stuff that you're going to play most of the time in the limited overs affairs. This weekend was was a real, real trial because when it rains, you only lose overs from the second innings, not the first innings. There's no Duckworth yeah. Lewis, nothing like that. So you can get a farcical scenario where one team declares at 62 overs, it's 7.30 p.m., two overs left, and to get the winning draw, you need to score nine runs or something so the weather's been great so far this summer global warming means that i expect to continue to continue thank god for global warming (laughs) (laughs) it's staying in just on the back of what you just said it just takes me and i don't want to i don't want to you know dig up old graves or i mean it's, it's probably not even a saying but it might be now it just takes me back to the the national game that we played the first one just like days like that are just a shambles for me. It just feels like a, um, you know, a complete waste of waste of someone's day. And and I don't think. So I'm gonna ask you this: Did the best team actually get the most points on Saturday? Then, as in the when we played the first national game, did the best team actually win? And on Saturday against Teddington, did they deserve all the points they got that that day? No, the, the split shouldn't have been them getting five and us getting two. It, it should have been. It probably should have been the other way around. Um, and the umpires, I will say, like. Two, two of the better umpires in the league that we had that day, and they did they did blunder. They took us off at half seven when it was not darker than it had been for the previous 45 minutes. That was when Teddington tried to bring on another seamer. And they knew they blundered, so half an hour later, they brought everyone back onto the pitch at eight o'clock when it really was too dark. We then played one over of cricket, and then they took us off again. It was a complete waste of 45 minutes of everyone's time. It cost us the chance of winning the game by taking us off the first time. It meant that there was no way we would ever get to the target. And it definitely cost us the winning draw. Uh, I, I can speak for the dressing when I say that we were we were pretty unhappy, actually. The only good thing that came out of it is perhaps photo of the year. Ooh. And that is a picture of Christian Martin, hands on hips, standing on the boundary edge whilst the players come off. One man against the world. We will, of course, add it to the Instagram. Uh, but it's it's an absolute belter. Who, who is Christian Martin? Oh, he's just like this bloke that's around quite a lot, I think. Okay. I find it very weird how, you know, we keep talking about this guy and we've, we've never heard from him. So, don't know. Moving on. I think it's time that we hear from some of our many, many cricketers at the club. And we got some of the best on today. Unfortunately, Lee and I couldn't be there on Saturday night to conduct the match roundup. So instead, we're hearing from a couple of the guys after the fact on a nice sunny Tuesday evening. Tammy. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday evening. Now, we've heard the, the women, the ladies, they went through a cracker on Sunday. Talk to us. Who won the toss? They won the toss. Uh, elected to, um, to to have a field uh, to bowl first on a bowling green. Um, I mean, Tammy, I mean, this is already taking too long. It was, this was a few days ago. It can't be that difficult to answer cricket questions for a game you've just been playing. Uh, so if you could up your game for this podcast, please. People want to listen to, to cricketing information. That took too long. Lee, at 41 and after Saturday night, I'm still a bit delayed, huh? <laughs> yeah. How, how was Saturday night in preparation for Sunday's game? Phenomenal. Really, really good for uh, the other team on my behalf. Um, but the rest of the girls did really well that weren't there on Saturday night. <laughs> What? Tammy, why the long face? Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Did, so did, did you, did you, I imagine you had to bat at some stage on, on, on Sunday. Were you seeing them well? Did I? You seen the scorecard? I haven't. I, <laughs> that's always all to you. I'm asking. I know um, nothing. Well, with me, uh, winning and... Did I go in three or four? Uh, so we needed three uh, and decided to uh, give them a golden. Oh. That's, that's nice. How are you out? Um, LBW. And was it straight? Well, you know, I've done my analysis because I'm this kind of person. I, I, it's two weeks in a row, LBW, couldn't understand it. And 
had a replay back and realized that with legs for tree stumps and um, a belly button that is the height of the stumps, I mean, there's no missing LBW when it hits me anyway, to be honest. I'm covering all seven stumps. Do you, do you maybe think that also Saturday evening's antics maybe had a little bit to do with the feet not moving as well as you'd like to when you go out to bat? Um, no, the feet were moving um, still from Saturday night. Um, maybe just a little bit too much. <laughs> I, I love how we've managed to um, speak for about three minutes and we found out almost nothing about the game. Um, we actually don't even know who you were playing against. <laughs> we played Gunnersbury uh, women's in the middle of nowhere. I can't say it. They, 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 they're at, they're based at Old Elizabethans. I mean, everything's got to be Shakespeare here. So, Mongo can do this. Mongo can do this. He went to a very posh school. So, Mongo, where did they play? Um, they, they played in London. Um, <laughs> Sam, how, how many how many did Gunnersbury get? Uh, oh. They were bowled out. Roundabout, <laughs> just like a, a, the, like a the, general so, sum. So we batted first. We got 159 um, all out. And we bowled them out for, uh, uh, we won by 83 runs. Well, that's what we came for, isn't it? <laughs> we had Iris that took a brilliant fifer. Um, according to everybody, I took a, a scream of a catch on square leg, tried to hide myself by the umpire, but didn't work. But uh, the girls play really, really, really well. Do you find that, Mungo, like, after, on a Sunday, maybe, cup game, after a, a few cheeky ones on a Saturday evening, the ball, the ball just seems to follow you around like a magnet. Well, this is actually a good time for me to mention my Sunday. I uh, had a Berkshire game. Uh, I've travelled an hour and a half, getting up at 7.30 to a home fixture. And I got a golden duck, nicked off in the 48th over to first slip. And then I didn't bowl a single ball and we won by about 140 runs. So have I had a good game? It sort of seems that both of your Sundays were pretty similar, actually. And if you're going to do, do Sundays right... It must be the, uh, the the Tam Tam Russell way. Sounds about right. Yeah, Tam, I was living the same day. We could have won by 84 runs and instead of 83, but we did. Can you explain why? How? I could have scored one run at least. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Hey, it's the hardest run to score. It's the hardest run to score. Tam, thank you so much for your time. I have to. I have to do my team credit though. I've got to. I've got to name a few. We had Emily Russell. Emily Russell. Emily Norris had scored some runs. We had. There was a bit of competition going on with the girls. Uh, Iris uh, took a beauty of a, a fifer. Um, our captain also led from the front, bowled uh, right through, bowled all eight overs, took three for twenty-two. I mean, Catherine Pearson got to name her. Also. Not many runs, but bowled brilliantly. And all in all, the girls are coming together nicely. I, I think it was a great game. Um, besides, again, being on a bowling green and uh, maybe a slight argument with the umpire, but otherwise everything went well. And this result, something of a springboard, hopefully, to, to push forward with the rest of the year? Definitely. Um, I think the girls are coming together nicely. We've got uh, a little slightly older group coming through. Uh, we had Indu that dislocated her finger, and she was on the non-striker's end. Mia smashed the ball. Indu was in self-defense, dislocated her finger, went off to the, the hospital, came back, copped it back in. Like she said, I think it's locked. I said, I think it's locked too. She said, in my country, I just pull it. I said, in my country, you also just pull it. And everyone just scattered, and they said, you're not doing that. So I'm like, okay. We actually were like, where is Lee when we need him? And uh, came back and ran onto the field and stopped about easily 10 runs so no i think the team is growing nicely together we can only just hope that we go from strength to strength it sounds like the girls are are, are ready to go and I, I think the best thing we're going to take away from what we've just heard is that if you play for the ealings women team you don't go to a e you go straight to hospital well that's what it's called isn't it i mean <laughs> tammy thank you thank you very much for your time the Ealing Cricketer will always support uh, women's cricket uh, at Ealing. Mungo, some, some words of advice 
to finish us off. Yeah, Tam, if, if you're ever coming back on, maybe do a little bit of research about what the, what the hell happened in your game. Maybe a little bit. Like, yeah. any, any details. You said that you bowled first at the beginning, then you said that you batted first. You, you didn't know where the game was played. It was on a bowling green. God. Well, it did look like a bowling green, to be honest. I mean, a bowl screen, you know, or should I say a, a golf green, if that if it makes more sense. I mean, I'm still trying to uh, learn the, the lingo here. So it's a bit difficult for South African. It's, it's a bit hard as well, you know, when you're standing on a field and everyone's going, going, come on, lads. And there's bales to whales and there's things like that. But I'm getting there, slowly but surely. You're never too old to learn. My mum will be proud. Ladies and gentlemen, it seems like the women's game is in good hands, obviously, because <laughs> the research has been done and she's literally adding value. And the team actually looking forward to her adding some value at all. The head of women's cricket, Tammy O'Connell, thank you very much for your time from the Eden Cricketer, from myself and Monk. Thanks, James. You know what the best thing is? The best thing is, like, if she had all the stats... It actually would be quite boring. Like for her having nothing is quite funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so much better that way. Yeah, so much better. <laughs> that was excellent. So we bet we uh... <laughs> uh we uh anything, Tam, anything. Like whenever you're ready. Steve Scott. Now, once again, our knight in shining armor in the ones. Talk to us. Where were you on Saturday morning when you got the call? And what was your first reaction? No, no, no. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. Just stop there for one second. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take credit here. Christian phoned me first. So I just want to make it very clear on the pod to the listeners that Stephen Scott, Scotty, was second choice. But anyway, you might as well, you might as well talk about what actually happened anyway. But just, just so you know. Carry on. Well, that's, that's new information to me, Lee. So the, the tone of this... M- Tone of this interview is changing rapidly, but uh, yeah, it was uh, been to uh, been to Ascot Mung on the on the Friday, so it was um, was a little bit worse for wear on on Saturday morning. Um, I'd been up with the the girls early doors. Uh, Michelle was still in bed, so I was just um, I was just enjoying a little power nap to be honest uh, <laughs> on on Saturday when the phone went, and I saw it was Christian, and I knew he wasn't phoning for a catch up, so I was uh, <laughs> the yeah, wasn't wasn't the best wasn't in the best uh, frame of mind or physical state, but um, obviously couldn't let the lads down. There's, there's, there's a bit of a trend here, Scotty. I mean, it's the second time this year you've taken to the field uh, for an eating side. Is it a case of if any team needs somebody, you're the man they call? I, I, I was thinking about this yesterday, actually. Um, my conclusion is I don't want to say my batting's gone downhill, but when you're only being selected as a twelfth man. Um, there is a <laughs> there is there is a sense of uh, that the writing might be on the wall somewhat. So uh, yeah. To, to be fair, at least you're the second person they called that weekend. So that's quite nice to know. <laughs> <laughs> so Scotty, um, when, when was the last time that um, that you ha- put the gloves on um, before before this weekend? When was the last time you capped? Thankfully, I had a MCC game on Wednesday, so I managed to get in a little uh, a little bit of practice on Wednesday. Prior to that, it was uh, August last year. So I was quite grateful, A, that I uh, had a chance to keep on Wednesday, but but B, also that some wonderful bowlers, obviously bowling, and you don't have to do a lot of work when you've got um, top-notch bowlers, right? So it's a fair, fair, it was a fairly easy, fairly easy afternoon. And you only just made the second session as well, didn't you? You arrived maybe about five minutes before. What stage were you thinking in the car that you might have to start changing at a red light? <laughs> uh, yeah, so... It, it was a bit, a few looks as I ran down the, ran down the street in white, pulling my bag. That was, <laughs> got a, a few funny looks and yeah, terrassing through the streets of Ealing at uh, God knows what speed, but was, um, it was always just about had enough time in hand. Scotty, it's, it's, this is actually a great chance for us to, to catch up with you slightly more generally as well. And um, you are the last captain of a two side to have won the league. Um, and at the moment, I think it's it's apparent that that's a side that is struggling for a bit of rhythm, a bit of form. What, what, were, what were the key components of that twos team that made it such a special year? I should probably start by saying that's a little bit harsh on Asan, who did actually captain the side uh, when we won it in 2015. That is a little harsh on him, yeah. And actually, last week as well, I said he got three for it and he actually got four for us. I'm, I'm actually doing him every single week at the moment. <laughs> I, I've always said when the club's successful, you, you, need, you need the the structure of the club from from bottom to top working effectively and we certainly had that in 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 those years in 2011 when we won the league um 
2008 when all three teams won the league. So I've always been a big advocate of we've got to be strong from bottom to top and the, the ones will struggle in isolation because, you know, Saturday being a good example, you need such a big pool of players. The, the two specifically, um, continuity of selection, a, a real... Um, a real big issue. I was very, I was very lucky the year I did it. Um, we probably only used about fourteen players all season, and you know, if, if you look at the guys this season, it, it's it's a lot of turnover of players. You know, Fairs got injured, unfortunately, so that that does have a real bearing on it. But I think I, I was somewhat fortunate among that. Yeah, just had a really consistent pool of players. As did the ones, and that that made it a lot more straightforward. I think. I um, we spoke about it um, among the new earlier in the in in this episode with regards to continuity and and how you try and you know get that core group of players that always plays in the twos. If if you were captain of the the two side this year, Scotty, how would you try and implement a you know a winning mentality when you know people are in and out you know through the door every week and it's not the same faces you know yes you do have the same maybe the four or five they're always there but it's, it's got to be tough yeah I, I think that definitely tough and I'm not sure there's a an, an easy answer to that question I think the I think that's why I reference I think the threes are a real pivotal part of that I think you've got to have the threes players striving to play in the twos the twos players striving to play in the ones and therefore you know everything that the threes do the twos are doing the same and the ones are doing the same and that was that was the the first thing that I really wanted to do when I took over the twos was if you're playing in the twos you, sh- you there almost should be no discerning difference between that day and if you're playing for the first team starting with you know do the same warm up same preparation same standard same expectation and i you know i'm not in a position to comment whether that's the case or not but that was certainly the ethos i was driving for and i think if you if that's your blueprint sort of as far down the club as you can get it i'm not sure you'll go f- far wrong in terms of the basics yeah i mean the only thing is the threes the threes are doing okay do you know what i mean so you know, if if there was anyone that could come up into the twos and help out, they're, they're having they're having a you know steady season. But you know, it is what it is with the threes. Man, did you just say if if there's anyone that could come in and help out? Are you you're not referencing yourself, are you? No, no. I've made this very clear. I've made this very clear to Henry Anton. In two, we spoke about this last week. In two weeks' time, I will be in the threes. Funny enough, I called him today actually because <clears throat> we were discussing a, a few little bits and bobs. And his quote, unquote, his, his words to me were, when you come back, don't score runs in the twos if you get selected for them. And if you get dropped to the fours, score 100 and you're straight in. Scotty, it's been, it's been wonderful to hear from you. Um, hopefully we'll be seeing more of you on a Saturday. I want to see you crash a ball through the covers for four personally. Um, to finish on, where are Newcastle finishing in the league this coming year? Oh, very good question. Um, I will be uh, happy with top half um, and I would like to think we could finish eighth if we had a good season. Concise and to the point. Thanks, Scotty. Yeah. Pleasure. Cheers, chaps. We're now joined by Bobby Gamble. Bobby, you've been doing some travelling. I have been today. Um I've been doing a very long stint on the A1 from Nottingham to Edinburgh, which I don't know if you've done that drive, Mungo, but the first half of the drive, you fly through to Newcastle, where you're immediately strapped with a 50 mile an hour average speed ring road. But then Newcastle to Berwick and Berwick to Edinburgh takes hours and hours and hours, single carriageway, dual carriageway, single carriageway, stuck behind a caravan or a tractor or God knows what. I was going to, yeah, I was going to give some words of sympathy, but, um, you know, on behalf of me and Mungo and the pod, and the listeners, nobody cares. Bobby? Um, Bob, let's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let, let's talk about this game that you're about to embark on. It's, it's a three-dayer. Uh, yes. Um, I suspect it'll probably be my last ever multi-day cricket match in the state my body's in at the moment. And I've not played a multi-day game in about five years. So we'll see how we get on. And unfortunately, the weather's set there. So it's probably going to be a three-day game. Yeah, so looking forward to it, but a bit anxious at the same time. I uh, asked Munger, who <clears throat> obviously shared a change room uh, with you, uh, Bob. I'm, I'm a very caring person. And uh, the question I, I threw to him in the last pod was, was how was the toe? And his answer to me uh, was he still has 10, which didn't really answer my question. When you started the season, obviously, was, was the toe hanging off? Or the toe not hanging off or something? I was the nail um, left big toe. If you imagine looking down at your left big toenail, if you imagine it like, you know, when you have your advent calendar in the run up to Christmas and you open up a window and it's still attached on one side, but it flaps backwards and forwards. That was how my toe was. Uh, And the toe very dramatically came off while I was on the phone to Christian, which had actually 
brought me back into the game on the Saturday, where previously there was no way I was going to be able to play with my toenail literally hanging off. Um, and then off it popped and I was back in. So I think now on the pod, whenever we get you on, I'm going to ask for a percentage of how much the toenail has grown back. So where are we at currently, please? Currently, there is not a lot of toenail to look at. Okay. There's the forming of the base of a toenail. You know the very cloudy kind of bit at the bottom at the base of the toenail. Good start. Good start, Bobby. Yeah. Good so start. That's that. nice. And then otherwise, the other like the upper three quarters of the toenail are just skin. So quite bizarre to look at, really. So for all the listeners, watch the space. I'm a little worried, Bob, that three days of of cricket and bowling actually might mean some regression in that progress of the toenail. If if there's an exercise that's going to push a toenail back in, it's going to be it's going to be a three dayer. Well, I think Oliver Wilkin actually was responsible for cutting a hole in the front of my boot last Saturday, and he cut a lovely round hole. But unfortunately, it was a few millimetres to the side of where I needed it. So it did me no favours at all. So now he's created a much bigger hole, uh, which on Saturday did the job. So so long may the hole last. <laughs> Bob, why, why don't we talk about um, how, how are you finding the, how have you found these last two Saturdays in the format? It's something that we spoke about in the intro of this podcast. One day timed games, something that you've come across before, something that you're enjoying, something you're not enjoying. Yeah, but not for a long time. And I, I really like the concept. I think it's like a really good test of cricket. There's a lot of tactics in play. I think one of the challenges is I think 120 overs might be a little bit long when you have a lunch break, a tea break and a change of innings in there. They do feel like incredibly long days. And also there are too many rules. So we came off the field on Saturday and I didn't know what the result was. But I had to ask, I said, like, was that a draw or did we lose or what happened? And then it turns out subsequently to the weekend, we actually got a different number of points to what we thought we'd had. Yeah, we thought we had one and, and then we had two. Yeah, I, I brought this up with um, with, with Mung, actually. It was, it was a case of, you know, if if there's rain or if there's light or if there's something that's going to interrupt the game, it actually messes everything up. If, 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 if the tactical side, as you say, with regards to you batch of 66 or you bat 60 or whatever it is, if you get the whole 120 in, I think it's fair game because then, you know what I mean, that game of chess, as we mentioned earlier, you know, where do you put your players? You know, when do you, when do you pull out? When do you declare? You know, what's, what's safe, what's not? I just find it very, very, I find it's just a tough pill to swallow. And I, we go back to that first game, uh, sorry to bring it up again, Mungo, the, uh, the first game of the National. I just find it a bit of a shambles. Like, as soon as there's any weather or anything that, you know, that changes the game, that it's not a full game, I still don't think the best side wins. Lee, you have to let that national game go, mate. It's been years, and you you gotta let it go. It's the only game I played. It's the only game I played for the first team this year, and I'm not letting it go. It's like you wouldn't let go of the ball when you're bowling the penultimate over. You kept doing your run up and then not releasing it. Uh, I did release it. It just went straight to 45. <laughs> Bob, let's hear about post game post game antics. Um, you were awarded uh, costume of the evening. Um, I, w- I want you to describe uh, what you were wearing for the listeners. Um, so the persona or the character I had to come as was a horse trainer. Um, typically, I think the things most of us would associate with a horse would be like tweed, corduroy, flat cap, like probably quite winter wear. And obviously having left my outfit to the last minute, I found myself in the charity shop on Friday when it was a million degrees. Um, so I thought, well, that's not really going to cut it. I'll be melting. Fortunately, when I walked into the charity shop, it was Age UK and they had a kind of tweed waistcoat and it was too small, but I thought it's too good a garment not to take for the 249 they're asking for as well. I thought that was a steal. So um, so that was that. And they had a good supply of flat caps, which Mungo, you'll regret not taking me up on getting one for you because you thought you had secured one elsewhere. And then so my my waistcoat and my flat cap together cost me about four pounds. But what cost me four pound twenty was the cherry on top of my outfit, which was Friday's racing post. So I rolled up a racing post and had it under my arm for the vast majority of the evening. It didn't last the full evening. I had to throw it at Scott Ensom as a last ditch challenge to stop him winning the relay race. Um, but for most of the evening, I had the racing post tucked in under my arm there. 
Um, but yeah, I, I suppose the scandalous bit of my outfit was, you know, I don't have the body I used to have and I didn't, I opted for no t-shirt or undergarment or anything. So I just had this little waistcoat covering my nips, my top hat and my paper. So your your tip for fancy dress is go to Age UK. They'll, they've got all covers, but all, all bases covered even? Yeah, well, as a general rule, less is more, always. Yeah, Save the Children doesn't open till after lunch on a Friday. <laughs> They must all be at Weatherspoons or doing whatever they're doing. Whereas uh, Age UK, they're opening up the shutters at 9am sharp. So, yeah, much more reliable. <laughs> well, Bob, we will attach a photo that we have of you onto the Instagram post and uh, allow, allow the listeners to have a feast for the eyes. Thank you so much for joining us. That's right. Do you mind if I share a final anecdote than my very last uh, memory of Saturday evening? Please. I was fortunate to share a taxi home with Henry Anton. Oh, wow. Who He lives in Fulham, very close to Stamford Bridge, like a stone's throw from Stamford Bridge. So we get to Henry's house. He's asleep in the back seat. So I go around to get the door to let him out because he was a bit worse for wear. And he, he, he was conscious, but not receptive. You say, you know, like when you look at a house and like the lights are on, but nobody's home kind of thing. So he, uh, he took half a step out of the taxi one foot on the pavement, one foot in the car, explored his surroundings, asked where he was. He said, well, according to your Uber app, this is your house. He surveyed the road, hopped back in the taxi and, uh, and dropped anchor. So then we had to kind of shake him awake again and, and eventually he reluctantly went in. But yeah, that was um, probably a result of Henry having a very, very enjoyable evening that might have meant he was a bit overtired and not really with it and forgot where he lived. I think I, I think I think he's, I think he was overtired. I think he was overtired. I mean, the, the, his team are doing okay, so you know he's got a lot on his mind. I just think he's not really with it. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, it's been a real pleasure as always, and uh, I'll see you Saturday. Go well in this three day. Hope hope we have you back in one piece. Thank you. See you, Bobby. Bye, boy. Thanks, mate. Jacob O'Sullivan, Saul. Welcome back, mate. Been a couple of weeks since we heard from you. Um, mate, that, that was a tough Saturday. Oh, mate. Quite disappointing, wasn't it? We're sort of almost there, but not really at the same time. I mean, the Ealing sniper, we've talked about this bloke for, for a couple of years. He's got a couple of great targets. He's locked in on David Holt's hamstrings, for example. He was in <laughs> full flow on Saturday. I, I've, I've never seen cricket like it. Like uh, Shawsy in the warm-up and then... Um, army within the first few overs um, with, the, with the arm injury and then Robbie with his thumb I was like I mean I never get injured but I was thinking this could be my day if any day <laughs> and then Holty came on and we'd started taking bets about who was going to be next like, okay, <laughs> like going through like is it is this like an and then there were none sort of thing last man stands David Holt walks onto the field he was number one we're like he's next and he went <laughs> off at lunch and saved himself <laughs> Oh, him and, every time Chris goes down the field, he sort of gives a shoulder a rub and you're like, oh, is he, is he going to be okay? You never really know. Coming obviously from Australia and playing in the UK with, with the different conditions, do you get much of that scenario? I'm assuming obviously the weather is, is always better down under. Do, do you ever come across games like that where you get sort of rain or light that, that, that affects it so much on a weekend? Uh, not so much light. I think more back home, if it rains, it, it really rains and, and you, you go off straight away. Whereas here, it's a bit of a grey area and the umpires will sort of look at each other and, and sort of figure out, is this going to get heavier? But back home, if it rains, it, it comes down and it's pretty easy to choose to go off. I think in, in a few of the uh, interviews you've done with um, Ollie Mungo, is that, you know, you're always the, you know, on the fence of like, it either needs to absolutely smash down like it does in Australia or it doesn't need to rain at all. I think here sometimes, and I would have played in a lot of games, and that, that grey area of, you know, what is actually playable in uh, and what isn't. Having said that, in the longer format of the game, the captain plays a big role. And it also depends on the situation you're in. When you're in a position to win it, you know, you obviously want to carry on. And if there's a chance of losing, you're very happy to walk off. And I'm not going to talk about the uh, that game again. I'm getting very emotional again. It's just awful. Yeah, Chris, we were commenting on the sidelines how Christian was obviously begging basically for us to go back on the pitch. But as soon as we got ahead of the uh, got ahead of the rate to get the winning draw, that 
Still and O's should just pull by saying, God, I can't see a thing. <laughs> and that would have been as tactical and cynical as, as it gets, really. It's a bit like that. You're sort of like when you're on top of the game, you're, ha- you're happy to for things to go your way. And if it's raining, you want to come off. If it's not raining, you want to stay on. It's just you, you sort of have to see from the other team's perspective too. You could see why Teddington would want to come off the field. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, we wanted to stay on because we were going to win the game. Yeah, we weren't. We weren't. And, and we did okay in the first half, didn't we, Sol? I mean, it was it was a long 60 overs uh, with all the changes we had and and five seamers. I mean, Stowey's overs can be. I mean, I think he bowled a 15-minute over at some stage when, when Robbie Conley went off. Yeah, he pushes off the screens, mate. He has a long run-up, but he bowls quick, so he's allowed to, I think. <laughs> But I, I don't know about you, but I, th- I thought we battled pretty hard out there without being like right at 100%. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the decks have been pretty good this year. From, from what I've heard, the last few years have been a little bit dodgy, but um, it's been so flat at Ealing particularly. Um, and you've got to be ready to, if you're bowling first, you've got to say, lads, buckle down. We're going to be in here for 60 plus. And I think that's the best thing about the team this year. Even, even when we're in the dirt, we're still having fun placing bets on who's going to get injured and all that kind of stuff. And it helps you get through the overs. So who's your favorite person to shower with? To shower with? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's a tough question. I mean, who's the best looking in the team? That's the first thing I think of. Uh, me and Mung have had a few good showers together. It, it's, it's hard to say. I can't put my finger on one person, to be honest with you. Well, you shouldn't put your finger on anyone in the shower, just by the way. I'm just letting you know. I'm just saying, I'll ask you a simple question. You don't have to turn it into something else. Um, gee, that's real tricky, mate. Uh, look, I'm going to have to go with Mung. We've shared the most time in the shower, my time at the club. Um, he provides good band <laughs> and good shower gel too. <laughs> um, so I'll send you that tenner later. Thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> mate, so... We've, we found we found you and O's in a couple of really important partnerships in the last couple of weeks. Um, looks like you really enjoy batting together. That's oh, great, mate. He, he takes the pressure off you when you bat. Um, he's up the other end doing his own thing and then I can sort of get into my innings and, and play my natural game. But he does put the nerves on you sometimes. He'll tell you, like on the weekend, he said, um, mate, let's bat, bat for the next five overs, bat normally. And then we can see where we go from there. Next over, he tries to hit a left arm ortho against the spin for six into the wind. And it just goes over the fielder's head. And I'm thinking, mate, what did we just speak about? We just had a conversation about this. And you're doing the opposite. But he's a good enough player to back his skills. So, yeah. For all the world, it looked like you two were, were going to go and take down the game. And I'm sure if we'd had those that full 60 that, that we would have done. Um, you yourself, mate, run a ball 30. Pretty much looking, looking like you're seeing the ball so much better now. Some of the shots you played the weekend were lovely, lovely, lovely. Have you have you have you been enjoying the red ball stuff? Is that something that you thought you were going to enjoy more than more than the colour ball stuff, or is that just how how it's lying at the moment? Yeah, it's always nice to have a bit more bit more time. Um, I think initially coming over to English conditions, I did struggle trying to figure out you know a swinging ball and, and the deck stay a little bit lower, but. I think I found the last two weeks, um, my game starting to come along. Um, having a bit more time is nice, as I said. But yeah, mate, red, red ink is always nice to have. There was red ink all over the clubhouse, and um, it's hopefully some more runs in the future. Yeah, we're now something like 18, 19 off the top, going to a couple of winnable games. Seems like we're going to be going to be nice and close to the top of the tree come the end of those. So. Mate, thank you so much for joining us uh, after after your coaching on, on a Tuesday. How were the kids today? In, in good form. I was with the ladies, mate. I was. Um, I know you just spoke to Tammy, but I was just with the um, with the ones girls. It was a great session. They must have been buzzing off their game at the weekend. Um, Lee, Lee, any any final any final questions for for Sally? I do. Um, obviously, I'm available in a couple of weeks, and we haven't had a shower together yet, and I'm looking forward to that. Don't get me excited early, mate. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Cheers, Saul. Thanks for joining us, mate. Cheers, lads. See you, champion. Thanks, mate. Great to hear from those three, wasn't it, Lee P? Um, Four, even. God, it's tough. This is our third Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) I love the way you you try to cover that up like a professional. It's like we haven't been doing this. This is our... How many episodes have we done now? 15, 16? 15. We should... This, this is the point I made earlier with regards to me carrying you. And you're the stat man. You should know this kind of stuff. 
you know, you need to get your act together. And this is the last time we're going to talk about this one. Though. Talk about being carried. Look, it's time that we talk about the bear duffel bag. Okay. The duffel bag. I've had it on my back for the last three weeks. I take it everywhere. Mate, for someone like me that ends up traveling by train a lot, by tube, mate, it's absolute gold dust, this duffel bag. I'm, I'm in love. It's, it's clean cut. It's got a big bear on it. It's exactly what I'm after. It's massive as well on the inside. It's, I've got room for all my little bits and pieces. And I carry so much stuff to a game. I don't know if you're one of those guys as well, but like me and Milo in our corner of the changing room, we have so much extra stuff that you just, you wouldn't think you would need. Obviously not Milo's a keeper. I've got two different types of resistance band. I've often got like a smoothie or something in there for the afternoon. I only just about have enough space for my bloody batting stuff, let alone everything else. The only thing I don't have room for is my ego. That doesn't fit. Wow. Just, I know it's going to sound strange, but I find the word duffel quite sexy. I don't know why. It is a sexy word. It is a sexy word. And that's why I think I went for it over the wheelie bag. Wheelies, it's not a sexy word, but duffel. Wheelie's not really good, is it? You've got to go duffel. Hmm. Like if you say, there's ways to say it though. Like I'll give you two quickly. Duffel. Duffel. Lee, you could do that with any two words. And I, I don't just mean you impersonally. I mean, I mean you. You could do that with any two words. Oh, can I have a go again then? Can I try this then? Let, let me yeah. see which one you prefer. Let me see which one you prefer. Duffel. Bear duffel. Bear duffel. See? Bear duffel. You see? <laughs> Lee, I've got a stat of the week for you. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, but but I do. And it's good. And it's about that team that we actually don't really talk about anymore. We, mm-hmm. We're bored of talking about them. So I'm not going to mention them by name. But the stat of the week is, is they currently have the highest points total of any Middlesex League side. Okay. Of, of any team in any division, they have the most points. Okay. Moving on, AJ's Word of the Week. How's AJ been getting up to this week? We, we've had a couple of, the words have been everywhere recently. We've had a couple of L's in a row, haven't we? We've had literally, and we've had laugh. Is he going through the alphabet confirm or deny? Literally have no idea. I'm not going to lie. Um, Leave it. Lots of, uh, say again? Leave it. <laughs> you see what I was trying to do there? It's a low blow. He's got lots of words. Let he it go. Them. No, what is the point you're trying to make here? Just leave it out. Loafers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still waiting for the day after the last episode when he comes out with chlamydia. God, I hope he doesn't say chlamydia. <laughs> Please. Just even a different STD, I'd take. That's the one I don't. That's I don't. <laughs> that's the one I don't want for him. <laughs> so AJ, what's your word of the week? My word of the week is daddy. Thanks, AJ. Lee, I managed to catch up on Saturday night um, with a couple of people post our horse racing social. Uh, Let's hear from Jess and then let's hear from the relay champions, Jack Shepard and Alex Fell. Miss Jess Ball, welcome to the ECC podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. So we've had the horse racing social tonight at Corfton Road and, and how have the races been? <laughs> um, chaotic mm. would, would be one way to describe them. Um, injury prone, been looking after Kelly this evening um, mm. after Ollie decided to take a dive. <laughs> I mean, Shep put on his spike, so you know, there's dedication there. Why don't you describe for the listeners what, 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 what the relay race was? I mean, and what I, teams we were in. I'm still not sure I know, <laughs> to be quite honest. I mean, each team had a sort of a first team, a second team and a third team player. So a, a trainer, a jockey and a horse. Mm. And each team had a lady. So dress, dress for Ladies Day on Ascot. And and so your, 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 your four man team, um, the first round had the jockey riding the horse as is natural yes um and then once they'd finished that lap all four players had to consume their beer yeah their pint and then from there there was a combination of whoever they liked yeah riding whoever they liked round for the last lap um which which just descended into chaos it was complete chaos i mean <laughs> the, the, a, a lap was probably I, i'm going to say a lap was maybe 20 meters 
Yeah, it's I mean, three it's turns. It's a it's a greasy outfield here what, at Corton Road. What I'm Road. looking at is a really small rounders pitch. Exactly. Well described. Well described. That, that's that's what I'm thinking. And 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 chaos. And and the vi the video shows all the proof. I mean, everyone needs to see that. You're looking at you. Who rode you? Uh, we I had I had Sol on my back for the and I'm wearing a, a, a navy suit as as befits a racing commentator that I have been today. And, um, and Sol is wearing a white shirt. And in the darkness, it does look as if he's playing he, Quidditch. <laughs> I mean, it looks like he's riding a broom. It, it yeah, it, it was a wonderful piece of piece of photography. Um, but I mean, yes, it was chaos. It was wonderful. I mean, nothing nothing like what happened inside with the with the carrots and and, and the lettuce. I think we leave that. That was, that was another level. <laughs> up to the imagination and um, horses had the carrots obviously because you know they're hungry and and the, and the jockeys had to consume a, a, a baby lettuce a because diet. very strict diets very weight, weight conscious jockeys um so jess ealing social is not something you've done not much dress up but something you reckon we should do more of in the future Yes, I mean, I'm going to have to pick a better dress next time. It was a tight dress and then I had dominoes. That was that was a terrible <laughs> combination. Apart from that, I think a, 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 an Ealing social once every few months, I think, is a necessity. And a, a, a brief word on, on the cricket. Not many laps in today, probably, given the weather. No, no, it was a miserable day to watch cricket and it was a miserable end to the cricket, unfortunately. Yeah, it was something that I'm sure we'll, 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 we will discuss at length on the podcast. Um, Jess, thanks very much for spending your time with us. Thank you for having me. And we will hear from you again soon. I hope so. I'm here with the horse and jockey combo of the winning team in the inaugural ECC Horse Race Championships. It's held at 11.55 at Corfton Road. I have horse Jack Shepherd and jockey Alex Fowl. Fellas, what made your team so successful? Uh, Let's start with you, Jack. Yeah, I'll start. Yeah. So essentially, I was very prepared. So I had my, my bowling boots on, lots of grip. And as we started, I could tell there's a little bit of nudging forward. So I had, you know, my jockey who's very, very well known to these sort of parts here, obviously a good old player. And he's, uh, he's had a little, little, um, little nudge in my corner saying, just edge yourself forward. So I've not the best start of the block, but then I've come back like Usain bloody bowls. And I've come around that corner and then that last corner, I've absolutely floored it. And I'll tell you what, good little bloody horse to finish in there. And I'll tell you what, the drinking as well, not bad, eh? Belly, so you were of course riding, riding the horse for the first lap and for the second lap, were you involved again? Uh, I wasn't, no. I contributed to the pint. Um, Wonderful. Only minimally, because uh, my beer drinking skills are not legendary amongst the ECC. But fortunately, my horse in Jack Shepherd has phenomenal beer drinking skills. Uh, and the half of a pint that we had to drink between the four of us went down very smoothly. And after a lap, he was just, he was impressive from start to finish. He listened to his jockey, as he mentioned, that little edging forward, took a good line, put his spikes on, you know, made sure he used the combined mass of two of the bigger players mm. to essentially shove competitors <laughs> out of the way. Smart um, riding, smart riding. And, and so what was the combo that took you around the second half of the course? So we had our trainer in Scott Enson and our lady member in Nini. I don't know her last name. Um, I would, is it O'Connell? Potentially. Nini, Nini Mar good little player. Good little, player. Um, good little combo, and, and they saw you home. Yes, Scott Ensom is, as we all know, rapido. Uh, and thankfully, Ollie didn't take the same advice that I had given to Jack about putting your spikes on to give you more grip, and uh, he did fall over. Uh, uh, stacked it, I think yeah, is the correct he, he, term. he did stack it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Scott saw us to a very, I think it might have been half a course. It's genuinely a very comfortable victory. It was a comfortable victory. I was devastated not to be able to share in, in the drinking of winner's alcohol, as of course we call oh, it. Winner's Pears. Oh, is that the name for it? <laughs> um, uh, Shep, highlight of the day must be that, that victory? Uh, close. I'd probably say for me it was bowling four overs, not 21, two misfields and a drop catch. But this comes a close second. A close second, unlike your finish. Well done, you two. Thank you, Mungo. To the next race. <laughs>Oh, that was chaos wasn't it um those two were those two were very excited and i i apologize for that i just apologize for them
I shouldn't have put them through that. I'm I'm sorry, lads. I'm sorry, Shep. I'm sorry, Felly. Makes good listening, though, doesn't it? Makes good listening. Makes good listening. I mean, rubbish people. Good listen. Well, that's not for us to decide. About whether it's a oh, good no, I'm telling you. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's not for you to decide. I'm telling you. Rubbish peoples. Right, they are rubbish people. Rubbish people. It's time for Ask ECC. And last, we, we've done the seven-yard robbing. We got all those submissions in. We hope you enjoyed them. This week, we have one question that I've been dying to ask you. And it comes in from Assam Faraz. He asks... Make your perfect ECC cricketer brackets current players only. We have cricket brain, bowling ability, six hitting ability, batting intelligence, fielding of, dressing room chat and rig. Lee, I'm going to walk you through them one by one. Ask ECC cricket brain of, and there is a rule. You cannot pick someone twice. Okay. Cricket brain. Best cricket brain at ECC. This is going to shock you, actually. Oh, actually, no, it's not. David Holt. A bit, bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? <laughs> that is very good. That's very good from you. I like that. Who's yours, by the way? I'm trying to think who I'm going to use later. Oh, you know what, actually? I'm going to throw a little curveball out there, and I won't, and I won't. I'm going to throw in Bobby Gamble early. Oh, that's nice. He, he's, he's, def- he's, he's captained a lot before and uh, speaks very eruditely about the game. Again, you're using words I don't understand, Mungo. It's just, it annoys me. Explain. Oh, he's intelligent. He's intelligent. Why did you say that? Uh, well, I, I picked a different word. Anyway, you get to go first on this next one. So there's a bit of uh, you, you, me, 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 you. Bowling ability of, well, I'm picking me, obviously. <laughs> no, I've got to save myself for the batting. Or for six hitting ability. God, this is tough. Where am I going to put myself? Um, bowling ability. Um, I've got this. No, I've got this. I'm going to stop you right there. So you've already had, you've already had yours. Three at Tam. Thank you very much. Yeah, good call. That he's the form pick. He's the form pick. Um, six hitting ability. I'm going to choose Oliver Wilkin. I think. Um, oh, it's your go, and I won't be able to pick him if you pick him. No, you've already said that, so it'd be unfair of me to pick him. <sighs> oh, you're gonna you're gonna love this, Andrew Cox. Like it. Great shout. Great shout. Okay. Batting intelligence of kick us off. Oh, do you know what? Tom Shaw. Smart. Smart. Don't go boring here. Don't pick the boring you know who. What? Gravesy? <laughs> I'm not gonna pick Gravesy. You you chose to pick you chose to pick Gravesy when I said boring, by the way. That could have been anyone at the club. That was your decision. <laughs> <laughs> Batting intelligence. You know what, actually? I'm going to pick Scott Ensign. Hmm. I have seen Scotty play in a number of situations, I think. I think I think his batting brain is off the charts. Fielding of. You see, this is where I'm going to go Scotty Ensign. Jet, gun, unbelievable. I'm going to go Andy Laws. He's got no knees. He can't move. He does, he, but he does when he, when he has to do something. Honestly, like the way he picks up a cricket ball, just such a natural fielder, great hands, massive buckets could field anywhere. Tall, on the rope. Moan, moans a lot. He does moan, he does moan, but it's all part of the charm. Next. Dressing room chat of... Oh, oh. Okay, I'll pick you. Oh, that's very nice. That's very, very kind. And that means that you can now... Christopher Glasper. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that, yes, that's what I was going for. Of course. Maybe not so, yeah, because we, we chat about the games we create. We, we, love, we love creating games, and then we actually play them in the change room. So that's two birds, one stone. That's lovely for me. That's good for me. And finally, uh, rig of. Oh, the stuff I'll do to Harry Stowe. I'll tell you what, there's, there's evenings I've been... Sorry, who are you picking? <laughs> I, I just realised I was, like, my head... Do you want me to say stuff in your head you shouldn't have said it out loud? Lee, stop talking. Stop talking. Stop. Stop. I'm going to pick Harry Milo Wilkin. I'm going to pick Milo yeah. Wilkin. Again. What about you? What about you, me, Milo, and Harry? I mean, I'm still talking out loud. Next ECC question, please. <laughs> Lee P, we've come to the end. Uh, thanks, everyone, so much for your patience and waiting for the previous episode. That's very kind of you. And we hope you enjoyed that. We hope you enjoyed this one.
Leah, any, any, any final comments, anything you want to leave the listeners with? Just, we're thoroughly enjoying ourselves, Mung, and the, and, and the guests, and, and being able to speak your mind. Uh, and we thank everyone who, who contributes to the Eden Cricketer. Uh, obviously, I thank you to Bear for their continued support. If you guys have any anything to add, uh, anything to ask, if you ever have a, a chance, either message me and Mungo directly. Um, we're, we're here for you. We're the Care Bears, aren't we, Mung? Oh, we are. And, and we're always open to new ideas as well. Keep sending them along. If you, if you have anything that you want to hear, um, let us know. Well, that's that's all for me. And that's 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 all for me. Good night. Good night. The Ealing Cricketer. I think that that was nice. That felt good. Yeah, that was good. That was good. There's some nice stuff there. <clears throat> some some really nice stuff. Um, given that we didn't get the chance to have a proper roundup of the of the twos, we actually didn't mention Absar's ninety nine not out at any stage. <laughs> That's not right. Oh well. Well, we're still recording. Uh, look, lads. Well, we we didn't want to talk about the threes at all. It should be noted. Yeah, they chased down two sixty and forty two overs. So they went from like ninety for six to chasing it down by by three wickets. Absar got no, ninety nine no, not no, out. No. Patel I got thirty eight, and Priyatam no, hit no, a bomb. No, Priyatam no, hit a bomb. No, he got twenty one. Look, no, I couldn't go no, with that. No. No, no. Lee, I couldn't go without. Look, it was a, it was an unbelievable game. They're seven from seven. Needs to be needs to be lauded. Well done, lads. See you later. Bye. Night.